franchise buys games. This is the uh, this is the place of don't call it a review for these games that I don't have time to put a hundred hours in and launch an official review. Plus my lack of journalistic chops gets in the way of that. So the home of the don't call it a review and the home of the daily but not daily but sometimes daily news snippets. I go by the name of Choice Cuts here in the metaphorical franchise butchery and tapas where we've got the um, physical embodiment of the game industry strapped to a big oak table just screaming just screaming that we don't slice any more bits off and i just slice away them choice cuts of gaming news they, obviously they might not be your choice cuts they're my choice cuts but i think what you'll find is these choice cuts these are some of the finest choice cuts in the industry my friend finest choice cuts in the business if i was going to put a stamp on it it would be a grade a Grade A choice cut. Yeah, so we are back with another daily but not daily yet. The sort of choice cuts and obviously the big one today to talk about. I've got a couple that I want to talk about today. Uh, the big one being the Pokemon Direct, which happened at 2 p.m. UK time today. So I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you've already seen the Direct. The people who are gamers and who have no time for Pokemon, that is a very that is a very small small segment within gamers. I think Pokemon just transcends it transcends love and hate. Um and I, I think Pokemon is one of the franchises that goes through when you first introduced to Pokemon, or at least it was for me. It might be different nowadays, but I was there at the inception. You know what I mean? I was there at the birth of Pokemon, the the card game, the cartoon, and then obviously the Game Boy game where it all began. I could be wrong, it might have begun somewhere else that I didn't know of, some obscure little fucking bleh, like PC version of the card game, I don't know, but the the Pokemon RPG, which which came to be known and loved, beloved by by an entire generation that started all, I was there. I was there, sir, and I've since seen many an iteration of Pokemon be it Rumble, be it Snap, be it fucking red, fucking blue, black, white, X, Y. And now, thanks to this Pokemon Direct today, we get the 2019 Gen 8 issue of Pokemon, which goes by the name of Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. The the Direct dropped a day, shockingly. It was announced like yesterday, I think it was, and it dropped today. Um... Just a cheeky little seven minute one, you could just watch it, I mean, I don't know, let's say, at your desk, hiding your phone from people who might be looking at you to see if you were doing actual work while you were at your desk. But no sir, no sir, you were there, you were in it, you were in the Pokemon Direct. So I'm going to boil the piss off uh, what I thought of that Direct and what I think of Gen 8 Pokemon. So it's been speculated for a long time, I think it's been high on the wish list of Pokemon fans the world over. That Pokemon Gen 8 will be the first one to take the leap in uh, almost Breath of the Wild-esque fucking gameplay of, a, of an open world, a wide, uh, fully realised 3D open world. As opposed to the the top-down view that we, we know and love of the Pokemon games, uh, we all hope for that open world Breath of the Wild. I think there was the, the, the trailer, was it at E3 a couple of years back, around E3? 2016 I want to say I could be wrong fact check that there was the trailer which was the live action trailer of the guy walking through the woods and like you're saying like a, a almost not unlike the detective Pikachu type shit 
where they put him on was in the woods and he put the ball and then Charizard was there. It's all this fucking. That was the that was the the birth. That was the fucking. That was the dawning of the dream. That one day we'd get the Pokemon game we all want. The the open world, wide open world, Breath of the Wild, fucking RPG Pokemon game. That was, uh, and we all hope Jenny will be that one. I did say on a previous episode of this podcast, I didn't think we'd get that. I thought Pokemon games would stick, stick to what they know best and stick to their style, which has become very anime of late, starting with, was it black and white or was it X and Y? I can't quite remember which one it was, where it moved away from the top-down totally into more of a 3D sprite uh, with very stunning visuals, but very much just a top-down affair. And I was not disappointed by the middle ground they seem to have found, where they've they've sort of retained, sort of like a top-down view, uh, while still having this sort of 3D open world. That's what I picked up from the trailer. Obviously, the trailer's only a couple of minutes long, so we don't know that could have been cutscene. Though, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's a it's a middle ground, it's a it's a step towards the Pokemon game we all want. I don't think it is going to be that open world Pokemon game that we all want. The Skyrim Pokemon game, if you will. But uh, we're introduced to an entire new region, the, the Gala region. Which looks as though, as opposed to Pokemon maps of, of old, the Gala region seems to be sort of like a, a south to north affair. Moving through... Fucking all kinds, all manners of uh, different sort of biomes within the region, if you like. We've got uh, straight off the uh, the Pokemon Sword and Shield website. Uh, it's an expansive region with many environments, idyllic countryside, contemporary cities, thick forests, and craggy snow-covered mountains. So yes, it looks like we're going to go south to north, working our way up this map through... The idyllic countryside, all the way through all of that bollocks that they just put on the website there. The map looks nice. Looks just nice. I want to get into it. I want to see more of it. I want to just see what level they've gone to here. But uh, what else did we pick up from that trailer? We've definitely, we've definitely got that fucking uh, Pokemon battle in the wild now, as opposed to the Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee system, which was fucking heavily based on the the Pokemon Go uh, mechanic of the Pokemon just appears, you throw a ball out of catch it, there's no battling with it. Um, the, obviously, there was fucking trainers everywhere in Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, so there was many a battle to be had, it wasn't shy of a battle. It looks as though this game will return in two. You do catch them in the wild, but you put your Pokemon out and battle it to wear it down, and then catch it when it's at a, a weakened state, that seems to have returned. One thing that I didn't see in the trailer, which I'm sort of disappointed by, and I really would have liked to see them keep it, was in Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. The Pokemon, the wild Pokemon, just appeared on the map. They were running around the map, and you had to run into them to engage the the, the catching mechanic, and I really fucking enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that a lot, especially with Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, with it being the original 150 or 152. I don't know what the official count is anymore, but... That 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 really fucking loved that because that was the golden era for me. That was the golden era of Pokemon. That that original one fifty. I think after that one fifty, I think you slowly you were on a fucking steady slope into just you were just sitting there playing a game, experiencing people's imagination for fantastical, cute, 
adorable creatures slowly fucking dwindle away, just wane away over time. And uh, from what I've seen so far of Sword and Shield, the three starter Pokemon, ah, ah, God, I mean, do these three Pokemon make me miss the days where we hadn't seen a Pokemon before? And the Pokemon we got to start were fucking Squirtle, Bulbasaur, and fucking Charmander. You know what I mean? And now we're looking at these three starter Pokemons of Grookey, Scorbunny, and Sobble. Fucking Sobble. And I have, I am, I'm just going to pour it out here, I am disappointed. I am disappointed. The, they don't look, they don't look like the Pokemon of old and maybe that's just nostalgia in me maybe that's just a a wanton fucking desire to just continuously play the original fucking Pokemon Red or Pokemon Yellow in in, in a fully realised 3D world taking the next step up from Let's Go Pikachu slash Eevee but what I will say about these these starter Pokemon of the three that are there Grookey Grass Pokemon Build as a mischievous chimp Pokemon full of boundless curiosity. You look shit. Sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. I don't care for you. Score bunny. A fire bunny. With. It looks as though it's got a plaster over its nose, right? It looks like. You know when somebody. Like a. Like a, a down and out detective gets into a bar fight and gets headbutted violently in the face. And then he's got to wear like a thick plaster over his nose. Score bunny looks like it's just been an uppity little cunt and just got head butted that's what it looks like to me it reminds us of, I don't know if anybody this is a this is going to fucking test the audience does anybody remember seminal Peter Jackson film pre-Lord of the Rings Peter Jackson an absolute classic called Meet the Feebles an adult puppet film it was done all with puppets and it was just the content was adult as fuck drugs violence foul language fucking uh Sex addictions, uh, massacres, all of that shit. That was Meet the Fables. It was just a gratuitously disgusting film done with puppets. And Score Bunny reminds me of Harry the Hare. That's what he reminds me of. Seeing him with that plaster over his nose, he looks to me like a little shit of a rabbit who's just got a fucking wild ego and he's got a rampant sex addiction. And he just sets his mouth up when he shouldn't, and he gets headbutted right in the stupid face. Of all three of them, though, Scorbunny looks like the only one I actually have any fucking feeling towards. Because Sobble. <sighs> Sobble. I mean, how I've already saw articles dropping on the internet about the, the Pokemon fucking fanatics wanting to protect Sobble. People thinking that it, it isn't a battling Pokemon, it's just this cute little Pokemon that, that shouldn't be fucking tied up in this world of fucking competitive violence where you make your pets fight each other essentially just a fucking approved dog fighting ring but like I don't care for Sobble I don't care for Sobble it looks like they took the best parts of all the other water Pokemon and try to fucking it's got this tail of is that fucking Warthortle's tail is the weird head bit it's face looks like it's constantly terrified and gormless just I don't know, there's just not a lot of imagination in these Pokemon for me. And that just could just be me. I could be getting old. I could have too much nostalgia coursing through my veins. So they're the three Pokemon. Overall, I'm going to go with fucking Harry the Hare as my starter Pokemon. Absolutely. The world, I'm liking the look of. I'm liking the, the fact that you're getting into these fucking stadium battles. And the stadium battles look 
fucking sick if I'm honest it looks like you are in the stadium they've got like the, the fucking courts mapped out around them and that you know what I mean it's that's what I'm liking the look of I'm liking the look of that a lot what I do I am taking a lot of fucking promise in the fact that in this trailer you see a lot of the original Pokemon in this trailer obviously Pikachu's in there you've got uh, what's his face he's the fighter Pokemon blue one I've got him he's an amiibo ah fuck that name has escaped me that has escaped me. It'll come back. It'll come back. He's he's in Smash Bros. He's a fighter. He's blue. He's got yellow fluff. Um, punches people a lot. What's your name? What is your name? I'm looking at his amiibo, hoping the name's just going to come to us. Somebody's going to have to correct me on this, like or just tell us what his name is. Can't remember. It'll come back. It'll come back. So there you go. Portmon Sword and Portmon Shield dropping. The date they've put on here is late 2019. Obviously. November window. This is Pokemon we're talking about here. It will be a November window. Uh, yeah, Switch game. Am I buying it? Of course I am. Of course I fucking am. It's Pokemon. I've never missed a Pokemon. So yeah, there we go. Pokemon Gen 8 is upon us. It is a step in the right direction to that Skyrim Pokemon we all dream of, which we're probably not going to get. Probably. When you think about it, Pokemon has a very distinct style. and probably ain't going to get that shit. So there you go, Pokemon. Done. Next bit of tidbit that I want to touch on broke today the news that uh, Overkill's The Walking Dead is officially not even walking anymore, it's just dead. The Overkill's Walking Dead is fully dead. Fully dead. What I want to do is I want to touch on this, right? And it, there's going to be three names that you're going to hear here. There's going to be Skybound, Starbreeze, and 505 Games, right? Let's distinguish the difference between the three. Skybound. Skybound are the company that sort of owns and licenses uh, the War and Dead video games. They're in charge of the War and Dead video games. They, they are the, 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 the sort of, the, the, there's another fucking word, just, just vanished, vanished from my vocabulary. Starting to get worried that I am just, just getting old. As the days go by, I forget more words. I can't remember a Pokemon's name. That's worrying, for one. And now I've just lost another word. Dear me. DME. So Skybound are the owners and proprietors of the license that manages War and Dead video games. Um, so that's Skybound. Starbreeze are the developer who are developing the game, which has already had a fucking horrific release on PC. And then there's 505. And 505, uh, they're the publisher for the console version. right? So it's dead. All of that, it's dead. right? What I'm worried about here is Skybound... They're obviously going to take that license and try and get a game made somewhere for The Walking Dead. Before it becomes... Before nobody fucking cares about it. I'm sure the TV show's still doing half-decent numbers. Otherwise, it wouldn't keep getting renewed. The comic book... I think the comic book has totally distanced itself now. The comic book is still very true to its roots. The comic book's still very Walking Dead. The comic book's still... And I will admit I haven't read a single issue of that since the last issue that was part of Compendium 3. So I don't rightly know what book that was, but I haven't read any since then. But if I was going to get back in The Walking Dead now, I'd probably... I, I see The Walking Dead as an exclusive comic book thing for me now. I don't watch the television series anymore. I fell off that. I'm uh, not interested. Tekken 7 got like Negan. And I was like, oh, yeah. still not going to make us want to buy Tekken 7. Big fan of Tekken 2 and Tekken 3. Love the shit out of them. But am I going to buy Tekken 7 because Negan's in it? No, I'm not. 
I'm not. So that's that. The Skybound are going to take that license and go elsewhere. And they will endeavour to just fucking drill out another few War and Dead games while, while it can still make money on them, basically. Where they go, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what world that exists in now. Because what it was going for, I think, if anybody wants that still, I think World War Z, it'll be dropping on console at some point in the very near future. And I think that'll probably scratch the itch for you with, with arguably better mechanics. Because it's got that whole World War Z mountain of zombies fucking mechanic. Um... So there's Skybound sorted, then moving on to Starbreeze, who are the developer who filed for bankruptcy. Okay, That that worries me, because Starbreeze, I think Starbreeze has put out some bangers. They've put out some bangers. You've got to look no further than Payday, the game that put them on the map. Payday and Payday 2 sort of nailed the formula for like co-op, co-op fucking gameplay. Um, and I think Overkill's The Walking Dead was essentially just gonna be a skin for a payday type game judging what judging by what it did on the pc ah it's probably a fucking blessing for console players that 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 the one that didn't make it to console and then there's 505 who were publishing the console version i don't know where i don't know where um starbreeze goes from here they've obviously filed for bankruptcy but now they don't have the fucking sword of Damocles hanging over them anymore. This financial, fucking, fucking there's another word gone. This financial. I'm having a terrible time over there. You know what I mean. Luckily, this isn't any sort of professional show. Imagine, imagine that. So Starberries hasn't got the sword of Damocles hanging over them anymore, and the financial burden of having to get this game out because it's done. The file for bankruptcy. Now there's going to be massive restructuring, which is inevitably going to result in fucking cuts in it. It's going to be job cuts. It's going to be potentially the whole game is going to shut down. But what are the? I'm sure Starbreeze are still in the. They've still got a, a like a publishing division as well. Like Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. That's coming to Switch. That's the Starbreeze publishing that. No, they will. I'm going to have a quick look on the internet again. Dead by Daylight. Publisher Starbreeze Studios. Uh, I don't know how this affects the publishing division and the 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 game that's coming to Switch. I genuinely, uh, I've got nothing on you. I've got nothing on that for you. Just other than, be worried for that Switch version. I don't know if they'll do like a, you know, like back in the day when uh, Bethesda split. They split it into two very different divisions. There was like Zenimax, and then it split the Bethesda. Bethesda Game Studios. They're essentially the same company, but it was two different divisions, sort of safe from each other. I'm wondering if Starbreeze has got some sort of safety net there for the publishing division so they can still put out games and still make money on games like Dead by Daylight, which is, as we know now, is coming to the Switch, which might give it another lease of life. If you've seen you've seen what the Switch can do for, for, for older games now, you've seen all the Wii U ports sell like absolute fucking hotcakes. It is the home of indie games right now. So can Starbreeze survive by just publishing these these classics they've already done and get them ported? Fucking what did what else did Starbreeze do? So Syndicate dead, Payday Two. I mean, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with Payday Two now? There's nothing else you can do with Payday Two. You're relying on like sales of Payday Two, drumming up 
small amounts of fucking capital but that's uh that is that is horrifying horrifying there you go put all your money into the walking dead when it was hot shit and then when you take fucking three or four years to put a game out you run the risk of that fucking that property especially in this market especially in this climate in the world we're living in now nothing nothing stays on the top of the mountain for any length of time anymore nothing we are past the age of that now. I mean, look at Fortnite. Fortnite posted a 48% drop in fucking operating profit in the month of fucking January. You know what I mean? That's scary. I mean, 48% profit drop still earned more money than 90% of the fucking industry. But you don't stay on the top for long. And The Walking Dead, where it was hot shit when you got the license, if you didn't move quick, you run the risk of this. And then here we are. Here we are. Uh, uh, fucking bankrupt strawberries Skybound they've had enough they're taking the ball and going home and I don't know what happens to 505 now I don't know enough about 505 other than the Arctic Monkey song absolute banger of an Arctic Monkey song Um, I, there was one other tidbit that I wanted to touch on here now are you aware of THQ Nordic THQ Nordic weren't THQ at all it was just some fucking conglomerate that bought out the name and bought out a lot of the properties when THQ went under THQ Nordic come back with a seemingly endless pot of money, right? THQ Nordic probably selling drugs on the side, I can imagine. Uh, probably, I don't know, they're getting capital from somewhere. Maybe they've got just a money printing machine. I don't understand. THQ Nordic's business plan is go in and buy, buy defunct AA titles and then either put remasters out or put a new game out in this series. Darksiders 3 being one of them. You know what I mean? THQ Nordic just snapping everything up. I'm sure THQ Nordic did they acquire Kingdoms of Amala? Kingdoms of Amala? Another absolute banger from the the, the OG Xbox days? Or was it 360? My memory fails. But it was an OG Xbox title anyway. Um, and THQ Nordic have, uh, instead of going out and buying the rights to Legacy of Kane, like I've clearly instructed them to do several times now, falling on deaf ears, I might add, THQ Nordic hosts a fucking AMA, so that's an Ask Me Anything, on, on a forum on 8chan. Now, 4chan and 8chan, I'm not big in this world. I'm aware of them. I'm aware of their existence. Much like I'm aware of the existence of, like, uh, fucking, I don't know, a dragon fruit. I don't know anything about it, but I know it exists. You know what I mean? Much like the existence of, uh, like, them hoovers. That, like clean your car up but they just drive around by themselves and then just go and park in their own little house sometimes cats ride on them I'm aware of them but I don't know anything about that world I don't know the world of autonomous fucking hoovers you know what I mean I'm aware of 4chan and I'm aware of 8chan the spin off of 4chan and I'm also aware that 8chan was uh, linked heavily to fucking blatant racism just the worst, just the worst kind of humans were hanging around in 8chan. Like fucking, like child porn and that. Child porn. THQ Nordic chooses 8chan as the platform to host an AMA. A platform riddled, riddled with just fucking despicable acts. Alright, that's the best place. What a ridiculous notion, THQ Nordic. So instead of being out there, buying them Legacy of Kane rights, getting another Legacy of Kane game out, what did you do? You went and fucking did an AMA with a bunch of pedos and fucking Nazis. What? 
What a knob. What a bunch of silly knobs. You better hope you can bounce back from this like THQ Nordic because sh the shit like this sticks. And now we've got like a 24 hour news cycle now. Something like this breaks. If you survive 24 hours, something else will happen. Some game developer will get accused of having fucking child porn on his fucking lost USB stick when it was clearly not a child. But fucking the shit like this will happen. You want to? You just want to hope that uh, this one blows over. And then if it doesn't, you want to dig deep in them fucking pockets and pull out a dead license that that'll set the world ablaze. Am I sitting here telling you that Legacy of Cain? is the one to save your ass from this ridiculous stunt. Well, I'm not going to tell you again. You know what I mean? I'm not going to tell you again. So that's it. That's it for some choice cuts for today, the 27th of February, in the year of our Lord 2019. Um, what have you been playing at the minute, by the way? What have you been playing? Because I've, I've, I've chalked up a few hours on Anthem, and I'm thinking there's a franchise buys games. Don't call it a review coming on Anthem, but like that's I need to put more hours in before I get there. I want to at least get the end game before I start sticking content out of my bloated opinions on Anthem. Even though I've been vocal about this on Twitter already, it's it is a victim. It's a victim of fucking industry wide vitriol towards a year. Am I saying it's a perfect game? No, it's not. It's not. It is. It has got the curse of the games of service. And that is something that will be talked about ad nauseum in depth in the episode of fucking Don't Call It A Review on Anthem, which will come sometime in the next couple of weeks. Tell what else I've been dabbling back into, and it's primarily for the fucking Sky Panthers. Fucking Battlefield 5. Battlefield 5 got slated when it came out because it was light on content. It was just missing so many of these fucking elements, so many of these modes that were just missing at launch. But it had to get it out. And it suffered for it. But I'll tell you this now. I fucking love that game. I absolutely love that game. And I get in there with me squad. The Sky Panthers. You've heard us talk about the Sky Panthers. And in fact the reason I'm talking about this. Isn't because I wanted to talk about what I've been playing. It's that audio engineer. Nice guy Johnny. Who does a lot of work for the Happy Accident podcast. And who does a lot of work for this show as well. Any sort of audio bits you hear is all from him. He uh, He's a member of the Sky Panthers. Obviously. Obviously, a chartered member of the Sky Panthers, and he's knocked together this fucking. We were just in jest talking about it, and I'd had a, I'd had a, an actual logo for the Sky Panthers design because this is what we do. You know what I mean? This is how we get by. So it's got an official logo and whatnot now. And I thought to myself, I'm gonna steal this little daft little snippet, this little, this little fanfare that he made for the Sky Panthers, an elite fighting force, the Sky Panthers. The Sky Panthers. He fucking knocked up a fanfare just because that's how he is. He's just that way inclined. And much like classic 80s stroke 90s puppet based television show for kids, Stingray. If Stingray could have its opening credits about Stingray with the opening intro music heavily referencing the show's name Stingray and arguably the main protagonist of the show, a submarine named Stingray. Then the end credits could just be about some chick, some mermaid chick that he wanted to definitely bang. Don't come at us with that, you know he did. She was hot anyway for a puppet. You won't get. I mean, she looked a bit. I mean, when you think about it, she looked a bit prissy. You know what I mean? A bit. 
a bit boring maybe, a bit straight-laced, but she was still hot. You know what I mean? She was like Dr. Quinn medicine woman hot. You know what I'm saying? But if Marina, Aqua Marina, could get her own outro song, when really she was just a, she was just a sidekick to the protagonist, then why the fuck shouldn't franchise buys games always end with the fanfare for the Sky Panthers? And that's what you're about to hear. Boys and girls, you're about to hear the fucking audio genius of Nice Guy Johnny. So boys and girls, until next time, laters. Sky Panthers.